1: was about uh, 23 hours ago to be honest with you that we started first receiving reports of those missiles these are Iranian missiles being fired at air bases U.S. air bases in Iraq the strikes came after U.S. President Trump authorized the targeted killing of the head of uh, Iran's elite Quds Force General Qasem Soleimani the Pentagon as we told you yesterday confirmed about a dozen ballistic missiles targeted the Al-Assad air base west of Baghdad and another near Erbil. Both housed U.S. and coalition forces, Canadians, on those bases. No injuries were reported, and Canadian Chief of Defense Staff Jonathan Vance announced last night that all Canadian Armed Forces personnel in Iraq are safe and accounted for. We just heard the Prime Minister reiterate that once again. Today, it appeared the U.S. and Iran stepping back from the brink of a possible war. Uh, U.S. President Donald Trump spoke to the media this this morning uh, in about a 10-minute news uh, conference it started with the confirmation of no injuries and with him saying it appears Iran is standing down
2: the American people should be extremely grateful and happy no Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime we suffered no casualties All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost because of the precautions taken the dispersal of forces and an early warning system that worked very well
1: U.S. President Donald Trump speaking just uh, about a couple of hours ago, again, about a 10-minute news conference, didn't take any questions, came in, made his statement and left. To take a closer look at what has happened over the past 24 hours, we're joined by Christian Luprecht, a political science professor at the Royal Military uh, College. Christian, thanks for uh, joining us once again on the show. Good afternoon. Well, take us through what happened yesterday. Ballistic missiles fired at two bases from Iran. No injuries, no casualties, no major damage. Was that just a show? Could Iran have caused more damage if it had really wanted to?
0: oh sure i mean iran has the intelligence and they have the capabilities that they could have retaliated immediately after the strike on the generals for their money so the fact that they opted to wait this long allowed the americans to move people and assets out of harm's way the americans clearly took advantage of that opportunity because they could see the writing on the wall that there would be some sort of retribution likely it. uh, to but the retribution consisted of what a dozen and a half missiles I mean, that's a pretty modest proposition against two sites. The Americans, of course, uh, a week earlier had struck uh, five different uh, command and control centers uh, by Iranian proxies and then, of course, took out the generals. I would say that in terms of proportionality, um, this is uh, this was a reasonably workable, uh, I think, a modest proposition by the Iranians.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I've read some folks saying that, you know, they believe Iran purposely avoided doing more damage. So why do it at all? Is it just a uh, show and bluster?
0: No, I think so. Look, the propaganda machine in Iran had to demonstrate that they were um, that that they did something uh, in order to show up the legitimacy of the regime. Um, but they're also trying to, I think, test Trump. I mean, they know that, that they want to see to what extent Trump is prepared to retaliate or to what extent Trump is prepared to show restraint. And I think what we saw, what we saw here was definitely restraint by the U.S. administration. The U.S. could have taken out some of the uh, missile launchers. The U.S. could have taken out some of the radar sites that would have guided those missiles. And so the fact that they didn't do certain shows that, uh, um, at least as far as the Americans concerned, the show is over now, whether this is true for the Iranians. <laughs> Hmm. to be seen because there not have lots of other kinetic and non-kinetic options as well as asymmetric options um, where they could still inflict uh, interest, perhaps in ways that might not be readily attributable to Iran. Uh,
1: Christian, just want to mention that you're, you're sounding like you're kind of going in and out of um, something. So we're having a little bit of trouble hearing you. So um, just a, a heads up on that one. You had mentioned, you know, we've, we've been hearing a lot about de-escalation, this word we've heard the president say it looks like that Iran is taking the step back. You had just touched on that. Do you believe that it is and, um, and, and can, um, can, can Iran and, uh, and, and the U.S. move forward somehow?
0: Well, I think this is the objective here, right? So I think what we're seeing is effectively a negotiation and a negotiation that involves missiles and involves strikes. Um, but, uh, Donald Trump, I think, wants to signal that on the one hand, he wants a deal. I mean, he went into his previous election saying he wants a deal with North Korea. He wants to try to get a better deal with Iran and he wants to get a trade deal with China. He's coming out for an election and he needs to show that he can, uh, that he can actually get such a deal. So I mm. think this is trying using what his administration likes to call the maximum pressure campaign against Iran to try to force such a deal and to force Iran to the table. At the same time, Iran knows that the president's end game is to get the troops out of the Middle East. That mm-hmm. The Middle East is a sideshow for Donald Trump. That most of the assets, the deployed assets that the U.S. has, two-thirds the of them are deployed in the Asia-Pacific. The main concern is China and is containing China. Um, and so if the president can bring the troops home, that's in his interest electorally, and it's in the U.S. interest strategically, at least as far as his security advisors are concerned.
1: And So, Christian, what happens, though, um, if the U.S. troops come home? There's, there's concern, I-, I know, I I've heard uh, from numerous peoples about then the possible resurgence of, of ISIS in the area. What happens on that front?
0: So, look, I think the president was very clear in his statements of what he is expecting. He's expecting NATO and NATO allies mm. to step up and to fill the void on the advise and assist mission uh, that... Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg made clear in a statement on Monday that um, the counterterrorism effort remains uh, important, that nobody wants a resurgence of IS and of uh, Daesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and the president has said, look, uh, we just don't have the assets and it's not a priority for us in the Middle East. But he does know it's a priority for Europe because when the Middle East falls apart, it creates all sorts of problems for Europe, whether that's, that's right. political problems or it's migratory issues and whatnot. And so he's saying, I think, especially like, uh, to president, to, to people like Emmanuel Macron, the French president, who said, look, Europe needs more strategic autonomy, more needs more military capacity. He's saying, look, if you guys want to do this, here's an opportunity for you to do this. Step up and you'll have to do it. And I think it'll be very challenging because, there's not a whole lot of assets and resources to go around. So if Canada needs to do more there. It means that, for instance, Canada will have to opt to do less elsewhere.
1: Well, and it would mean, you know, we talk about uh, Canada doing more and have to look at that. What is that two percent of GDP to spend? Uh, you know, put towards the defense budget, which isn't which isn't happening at this point, point. Um, and um, we're not seeing um, we're not seeing that that's a priority for for this government.
0: Well, I think you've picked up on the right point here, that this is the continuation of President Trump's complaints about burden-sharing. But now, instead of telling the Europeans that you're going to have to pay more and you're going to have to put more in, he's simply telling them, look, if you want this done, it's up to you to do do. it. It'll be a NATO mission. The Americans will support the mission with intelligence assets and whatnot. But ultimately, it'll be up to Europe to put the trainers on the ground. And uh, I think this was sort of the warm-up. Uh, what we've seen in the last couple of years, Canada stepped up to lead that mission. NATO is critically important to, to Canada, it's Canada's most important um, multilateral institution in terms of asserting our interests in the region and across the world. And so it's also a message to Canada and to the other allies it is time to step
1: up. Uh, Christian Luprecht joining me this afternoon, a professor of political science at the Royal Military College of Canada. Christian, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Um, You you touched on Canada's involvement there, and I know there's a number of people who are wondering what Canada is exactly doing there. We heard the CDS uh, speaking uh, last night, saying that all uh, CAF members are safe and accounted for those who are there. We know that some members have been moved out of the area, the special forces operations staying put. Um, What can you tell uh, my listeners about the Canadian contribution to Operation Impact?
0: Yeah, so there were 250 Canadians in Iraq proper, roughly. Uh, they remain in northern Iraq, but of course we also have people in uh, Lebanon, uh, in uh, Israel on the Golan Heights on a UN mission, and a significant contingent in Jordan. So it's not just about uh, the trainers in Iraq; it's about commitments more broadly to the region and opportunities within the region for Canada to uh, to pitch in. I mean, there's other allies that have many more troops. The Italians have thousands of troops on a mm-hmm. UN mission. Uh, In uh, Mm -hmm. Lebanon. Uh, So this is also a broader collective conversation about how you can keep troops safe. The Germans have decided already that they're going to bring their particular troops home and so we will need to see to what extent we can actually keep the NATO coalition and the NATO mission together. Remember, Canada has not just troops on the ground, uh, it also has a leadership role. It is now Mm -hmm. the second year that Canada has that leadership role under Major General Karinian uh, this year and so Canada will need to decide whether it is willing and whether it is able to continue that leadership role under the current conditions.
1: Before I let you go, President Trump said there's going to be new sanctions uh, imposed on Iraq. Uh, What will that look like and and, uh, what do you think is going to happen on that front?
0: Well, it's a continuation of the maximum pressure campaign. It's trying to make economic situation and Uh, That's already bad in Iran, even worse, and it's trying to pressure the regime. Mm. This is an existential threat to the regime. We saw the street protests weeks ago uh, in Iran, and so uh, I think the president was counting on that Iran is not going to get involved in a broader conflict in the region precisely because they don't have the political or economic resources really to afford that. And so we saw an olive branch from the president in his remarks today because he prefaced his introduction to this is to the Iranian people Mm -hmm. and to the Iranian leadership to live in peace and to live in prosperity and i think the bargain is that look if you don't want regime change and you want america to ease off uh, we'll lift some of the sanctions if you're going to um let go of some of your ambitions in terms of proxy wars in the regions your ambitions with regards to nuclear weapons and your ambitions with regards to missile technology to deliver those nuclear weapons and remember iran is working on intercontinental ballistic missiles right. that will sooner rather than later be able to reach the east coast of north america mm. and that's what the president is determined to
1: prevent. Christian Loupruck joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time. Thank you for this. It's been my pleasure. Take Thank you. care. Take care now. As we go to break here, you heard Christian talking about that olive branch to the Iranian people. Uh this is what he said.
2: To the people and leaders of Iran, we want you to have a future and a great future, one that you deserve one of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I want to thank you and God bless America.